0: Hello and welcome to the European Hoops Podcast. We are a Sports Itos presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. We recap and preview all the action and cover all the news surrounding the competition. Join us on this ride and learn more about some of the best basketball played in the world. Make sure you don't miss any episodes by subscribing to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at ItosEuroLeague. Season is over and it is time to start looking to what happened. Are you ready, Diogo?
1: Yes, sir. Let's go.
0: On this episode, we will go over our top 10 players of this edition of the EuroLeague and who is our post-season MVP. We made our combined top 10 rank of players of this edition of the EuroLeague based on their performance, contributions along the season, but also our belief in the impact that these players have on their teams and can have on winning basketball games. Let's get to it. And while we both had a consensus number one player, it might be somewhat of a controversial take, but we will get to that in the end. I will go ahead and start start with our first of two honorable mentions chabaz nepier the 31 year old american puerto rican 6one point guard that joined milano during this season he ended the season with 15 points 3.9 assists and 1.1 steals per game averaging 24 minutes He had several elite performances with the highlight of his season coming on round 27 when he led Milano to a win in Valencia scoring 28 points and ending the game with 5 assists while shooting 5 of 8 from behind the arc and 9 of 10 from the line. Napier's creative and playmaking ability combined with uh, ball handling skills and shot making ability were the keys to unlock Milano's offense leading the team to an impressive 8-1 run while they were playing as the best team in the competition in that moment. This uh, made him worth of consideration to our final top 10 and left him just at the door of it. He is expected to return to Milano next season, being one of the reasons for us to wait for these teams next season with uh, high expectations. Duke take the floor and bring us our next honorable mention for our top 10. Uh,
1: The next honorable mention is uh, the American guard from Maccabi, uh, Wade Baldwin. He he had an amazing season. Uh, He started the year hurt, and then once he came back, he he just took Maccabi to a whole nother level because uh, Lorenzo had the team going, and they were kind of struggling a bit at at the beginning of the year. And then when Wade came back, uh, like Lorenzo said, the best backcourt in EuroLeague, they they just took over. And uh, what I love about Wade is just his ability to play on the open court Uh, Nobody can really stop him. For the guard position, he is very strong physically. He's fast. He has a a long wingspan. His length for the guard position is very, very good. Uh, I love his scoring ability. He can play either the one or the two. He has the mid-range game. He's a very good rebounding guard. For him to to crack the top 10 and to be higher on our list, uh, for me, uh, I think he just needs to improve his decision-making, especially in the clutch, because we saw him struggle with that a bit this year. But uh, other than that, man, he's just an amazing player and he he had a a great season for sure.
0: Let's move on and we start, we divided our top 10 in three tiers and we start our tier 3 with Lorenzo Brown, the 32-year-old 6'5 American with Spanish passport point guard of Maccabi, Wade's Baldwin teammate, ranks 10th in our top 10 players of this edition of the EuroLeague. Brown and Baldwin formed the best backcourt of this edition of the, the competition that leaded Maccabi to an excellent season that ended with a game Five playoff elimination in Monaco after ending the regular season in fifth place. Brown ended the season with 16.4 points, 5.5 assists and 1.1 steals per game with an average of 31 minutes ranking in fifth in both points and assists between all the players that competed on this edition of the EuroLeague. His best game of the season goes back to round 11 when he scored impressive 36 points, dished 7 assists and added 2 steals against Bayern. Brown is a tough player being a leader and a playmaker on the floor. His high-level decision-making was key and a stabilizing force for this Maccabi team, and uh, he's one of the best pick-and-roll players of the the whole competition. This is the player's fourth season in the EuroLeague, and uh, he's expected to be one of the Cogs with uh, whom Maccabi expects to continue to build on this high-level performance this season. Diogo, take us to the next player within this uh, Tier 3.
1: Yeah, the next player uh, in Tier 3 and ranked number 9 in our top 10 uh, we have Facundo Campazo the point guard from Argentina playing for Red Star uh, he joined the team uh, kind of like mid-season and uh, I truly believe and uh, I think you agree with me correct me if, I, if I'm wrong uh, I truly believe that they would have made the playoffs if they had him for the whole year so 100%. he's just a, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's just a, an amazing point guard a great floor general uh, this season uh, in the games that he, he was able to play he averaged 15 points and six assists with an average of 18.7 in PER. So he, he was just great for them. He clearly improved that team once he, he got able to play. He's a great passer. He can score whenever he chooses to. He makes everybody better with his IQ and he, he impacts winning. Uh, the only knock, if you can, if you can say that, is because of his size. He, he, I'm not saying he's a bad defender. But because of his size on some switches or whatever it is, he can struggle a little bit. But uh, he's such a great player. The way he finished this season in that overtime game against Fenerbahce, where he just hit clutch shot after clutch shot, he, he was amazing. And uh, if he stays with Red Star, I truly believe they are a playoff team next year. So that's how much he can impact a team and the game. So Campazo is our number nine. What about number 8?
0: I will get to number 8 but uh, I didn't want to, to interrupt but you you made me laugh because I really like when you were mentioning what uh, Wade needs to do in able to crack our top 10 next season let's say it like that and uh, when you were mentioning Campazo I was guessing that uh, you will speak about the size and I was picturing you saying for him to climb our rankings he will need to grow a few centimeters <laughs> I don't think that will happen but like you said he's a very he's a very clever defender he's a very aggressive defender yeah. He is very good at anticipating passing lines and uh, that's why we ranked him at number 9 and he is one of the best players of the EuroLeague for sure. But uh, moving on to number 8 Zana Musa ranks 8 on our top 10 at the bottom of our tier 2 of players. He just recently turned 29 and um, he's in my opinion a strong candidate to keep climbing these ranks in the following seasons and be one of the dominant forces in the EuroLeague. Musa has a great size and length. He's nine being able to play three positions for any team he can play the one the two or the three the Bosnian player played for Real Madrid in his third season of the EuroLeague despite having only passed uh, despite having only played 14 total games uh, heading into the season so in his past two seasons he had reduced roles and reduced contributions for for the teams he was playing for and uh, this was his affirmation season in the the competition he was a big part of the their championship run playing 41 games ending the season averaging 14.8 points 3.1 rebounds 2.7 assists and ranking 12th in PER his versatility and shot making ability are the keys of his game and uh, what makes him a special player that will be worth to follow in the the years to come Musa's best game of the season was against Milano when Real ended a hot streak by the Italian team with Musa receiving MVP honors ending the game with 27 points, five rebounds, three assists, and one steal. Who is our next player on this tier, Dio?
1: Yeah, the next guy is the point guard from Zec Republic, uh, Thomas Iransky from Barcelona. The way he can play the, the point guard position with his, with his size, uh, I mean, you're not going to find many players like him, especially at this level, because uh, this is not a guy that you're going to look at the stats and be amazed by it. But if you watch the game, you, you can really see the impact he has on Barcelona and on winning. He, he's a good shooter. Uh, my only knock on him, it's not really a knock, but whatever. It's, I think it's one of his weaknesses. Uh, he, do, he doesn't really create his own shot, like three-point shot, uh, by himself. He's more of a, a set shooter, a, a catch-and-shoot shooter, but, uh, but he's good at it, for sure. Uh, he can drive, he can pass, he, he controls the game so well, and he makes guys around him better. Uh, because of his size, again, he can play very good defense on smaller point guards with his length and he, he could just occupy space. So he's a great player. Uh, I'm glad he came to, to EuroLeague this year because he clearly adds so much talent to, to this level and he obviously made Barcelona better, even though they they underachieved. But uh, he's a, a great player and he absolutely deserves to be in our top 10. What about number six, André?
0: Walter Tavares is the player at the top of this tier two ranking 6th on our top 10. The 7-3 Cup Verdian center from Real Madrid is one of the most dominant forces in the EuroLeague. He was named Defensive Player of the Year and was the Final Four MVP. He averaged impressive 2.2 blocks per game, a full block over Papagenis that ranked 2nd. Tavares' dominance in the paint and his impact as, as a rim protector are his calling cards, with the, the player being... On his sixth Euroleague season, always playing for Real Madrid. This season he averaged 11.2 points, 6.9 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 0.9 steals, and as mentioned, 2.2 blocks, averaging 18 PR, where he ranked in fourth place while his impact is well documented, the only reason for him not to be on our first tier is his lack of shot creation ability. His two best games of the season came when the lights were shining the the brightest. A win or go home game against Partizan where he scored 26 points, grabbed 11 rebounds and had 3 assists besides 3 block shots and uh, in the semifinals against uh, Barcelona with 20 points, 15 rebounds and 4 block shots. After the Giant closing our Tier 2. Let's hit our Tier 1 players. Diogo, who ranks in fifth?
1: So, number five in our top 10 list is the Serbian point guard from Anadolu Efes, uh, Vasily Misic. This guy, one of the best players in EuroLeague, for sure. Uh, I was just checking this and throughout the whole season, he had two games where he scored single digits. Every other game, he was always uh, over 10 points. That's pretty amazing for a EuroLeague level. You, you just don't see that very often even from great scorers. So he he had a very good year, even though Efes missed the playoffs. Uh, He's great uh, attacking the basket for a point guard, uh, especially off of the pick and roll. He always likes to drive and attack the rim. Uh, He's a very good passer. He can shoot from pre off the dribble, uh, catch and shoot, whatever it is. He has size for his position. He can get to the free throw line with ease and he makes them. So my only issue with Misic is, he has some health concerns. He, he gets hurt quite a lot, those ankles. He, even last year when they won the Final Four and he hit that game winner against Olympiakos, he was kind of he kind of had a bad ankle already. So he, he lacks a bit of explosiveness at this point, but uh, he's a, an amazing player and he had a very good season even though the team struggled. So he's our number five. Who you got for number four?
0: And number four, we have Mike James the six-one American guard from Monaco. He's likely the best shot creator of the EuroLeague. The 32-year-old player is on his ninth season in the EuroLeague being with Monaco on the team two appearances in the, the competition. In this edition of the competition he averaged 15.9 points, 3.7 rebounds, 4.4 assists and 1 steal. He was the team top performance combining all the stages of the competition and his disruptive offensive ability elevates the ceiling of any team that he plays for and he has been one of the the best players playing in the EuroLeague. His top performance of the season was on the round 19 against Red Star, with him scoring 26 points, grabbing six rebounds, and having two assists. Who gets top three honors on our top 10? dio
1: okay, so our top three, uh, in my opinion, he could be top two if it was just in terms of like talent. And I have Nikola Mirotic at number three. Um, we we had to judge it throughout the whole year, and uh, in the final four, he kind of let us down a little bit, so we had to take that into consideration. Uh, but he's our number 3 and deservingly so uh, he he was injured for a, a quite a bit of the season but when he did play he was in my opinion the best player in Euroleague in the regular season and uh, and then the playoffs he played pretty good against Dalgiris. but then the final four he, he just came short he is a very good shooter he's great in the post and especially when hunting mismatches he is so good at at it then he's a very good free throw shooter as well the, the knock on him is, is he a big game player? Because Barcelona has struggled in the big moments the past few years. And uh, he hasn't really shown up to his level, to his usual level. So there are some questions about that. But even so, he's obviously a, an amazing player. Uh, it's not by accident that he is the highest paid player in EuroLeague. He, he deserves it. He's a very good player. So he, he makes our top three for sure. Who you got at number two?
0: In second place, in our top three, we have, I'm making a suspense. This is an EuroLeague MVP, Sasha Zenkov, the 27-year-old 6'9 Bulgarian power forward from Olympiakos led the league in PER and points scored per game, averaging 76 points, 6.8 rebounds, 1.9 assists and 0.9 steals, shooting 37.8 from the three-point line, making the most of his quick release. His ability to move without the ball makes him a hard player to guard and his skill was maximized by Olympiakos' motion offense. He can stretch the floor and uh, he is able to post up mismatches, uh, has a good court vision and he is a high IQ when a good team defender. Vzenkov is an extremely complete player and while Mirotic and Mike James might have a case to fight with him for this second place uh, in terms of pure talent due to his superior shots, due to due to their superior shot creation ability, Vzenkov's performance across the season granted him the number two spot on the, our top tier of uh, EuroLeague players. Sasha is on his eighth EuroLeague season and uh, jumping into the NBA next season is on the table with the Sacramento Kings seeing on the EuroLeague star a potential addition for their roster. While he had a higher PER performances across the regular season, he raised the top or race to the top when the light was shining the brightest in the final of the Euroleague where he scored 29 points, grabbed nine rebounds, had four assists and one block. And with these 29 points, he matched and tied the record for points scored in the Euroleague final. Diogo, take us to the top of our power rank of our rankings and who leads our top 10.
1: Yeah, so our number one, uh, we just got to say to everybody that we agreed on number one. We both had this player uh, as number the number one, one player in EuroLeague. One. Yeah. So the guy we have is Will Clavern from Anadolu Efes. And we know this could sound controversial because Efes didn't make the playoffs and we have two players in the top 10. And you could argue Sasha is the MVP. You can argue Mirotić, Mike James. But uh, Will Claiborne is just I think he's the best offensive player in EuroLeague because there's not a single thing offensively he can't do. He, he can shoot the three, he, he has the mid-range, he has the post-game, he can drive, he can finish at the rim, he gets to the free-throw line, he makes the free-throws. I think he's the best scorer in the game. Uh, I think it's between him and, and Mike James. But with his size and his ability to do more things offensively, I think he gets the nod for me. Uh, he's a solid defender as well. Uh, the only knock is it's team success because it didn't happen this year. But uh, as a player, I, I don't see any flaws to his game. He's he so good. This year, uh, his best game came early in the season against Monaco, where he had 28 points, six rebounds and six assists. And then uh, I just want to give this stat, which I think is pretty crazy. Uh, from round six to round 11, those six games he had a stretch of six games with more than 20 points. (laughs) And you just don't see that in the EuroLeague level because there are so many teams that are so good defensively. You you just don't have a guy scoring more than 20 points for six straight games. That's that's so rare at this level. So the fact that he did it and a lot of those games he comes off the bench. So shout out to him. He's such an amazing player and he was our unanimous number one.
0: And a well-deserved number one. But after giving away our top t- top 10 players of this EuroLeague that uh, were besides of the performances, we also took into account, as we mentioned in the beginning, their ability to contribute to win. And that's why for us, Will Ka- Clyburn was the most influential player and uh, our number one player in our top 10. Let's now focus on the postseason and uh, bring us our MVP of the, the postseason for my top three postseason MVPs, I narrowed it down to the four teams that made it all the way into the semifinals, as the team success is an important part of being the best player in the postseason when all that matters is getting that championship. Mike James, Slokas, Fall, Vesely, Mirotic, all had good playoff performances. Abrinis was one of the few bright spots for Barcelona in the final four, but none of them um, did enough, in my opinion, Across the whole postseason, to deserve the honors of the honorable mention here, that honor went to Jordan Lloyd from Monaco. In the final four, he averaged a PR of fourteen point five, averaging fifteen point, uh, averaging ten points, 4.5 rebounds, four point five rebounds, four assists, and two steals. And during the playoffs, he had a PR of fourteen point six, averaging fifteen points, two assists, and one point two steals. Who were or oh, your honorable mentions? Yo,
1: yeah, I just had one. um, I narrowed it down to, to the two teams that made the final, and, and I'm going to explain why. Um, for Monaco, uh, I think my only candidate would be Mike James. And in the final four, he, he didn't really play uh, to his level. So I don't think he could he should be considered for this award, per se, uh, because I, I didn't see him play at Mike James' level in the final four. And for Barcelona, it, it could be Sadransky or Miritic, but uh, the way they, they underperformed the whole team and both of them as well, uh, I just I couldn't have them here. So my true honorable mention is Slukas because the, that series against Fenerbahce, he was amazing. He, he did everything for them. And while Sasha was struggling in the, in the first round, uh, he stepped up and he helped Olympiakos beat Fenerbahce in five. So he's my honorable mention for now.
0: Very well. So let's get to the top three and I will start. In third place, I have uh, Sergio Rodriguez from Real Madrid. In the final four, he had uh, 18 PER, averaging 13.5 points, 7 assists, 1.2 steals. And in the game five... Uh, against Partizan. He had a 26 PER with 19 points, 6 assists and 1 steal. His ability to control the pace of the game and the way he elevated his game in the moment that uh, the team needed him the most was absolutely the key for this Real Madrid Championship and that's why I have him in my MVP consideration and I rank him in 3rd place. I gave him serious consideration to to be my number 1, serious consideration to be my number 2. He played very little in the beginning of the playoffs uh, or played a a small role in the beginning of the playoffs that's a better way to phrase it and um, that's why I didn't end up with him as my MVP, but I do think that he was an absolute key piece for Real Madrid to have achieved this championship, and it was absolutely incredible to to see him playing in the from the game five and the, the the whole final four. Duke, what about you? Who is your number three player, and who do you rank in third on this MVP race?
1: Okay, I I just want to say that I think I'm going to hate what's about to happen right now because, <laughs> as you guys know. As you guys know, we don't like to to agree on everything. (laughs) But I I have a feeling that we're going to have the the exact same top three. (laughs) Uh, My number three was also uh, Sergio Rodriguez. I think the way that he came alive, uh, especially in that game five against Partizan, where he absolutely took over the game and and then the way he played in a final four, he, he had to be top three because the impact that he had, it was just too much for me to not have him here and all the things you said, I mean, he he was great for them. Absolutely. We talked about it all year, uh, about Real Madrid's uh, point guard situation. And when it mattered the most, uh, Sergio Rodriguez, with all his experience, he, he showed up and he stepped up for them. And without him, I, I don't think they win the title. Absolutely not. So he clearly deserves top three for sure.
0: Okay, so go ahead and tell our listeners who is our number two on the MVP rank. Just for everybody to know, we don't uh, we don't know each other's uh, top yeah. three. We we don't we don't. Uh, we don't do this together. We did the top three uh, together. We each one of us came up with the top three tri- oh, top ten players, and then we averaged it, and then we made the adjustments that we thought it w- that were necessary to to reach our concise top ten. And but uh, the MVP post MVP race, you guys are getting it live, so let's see if we do have indeed our the same top three. Go ahead, give our listeners who That's is our top. number two. <laughs>
1: so my number two is uh, Sasha Vizenkov because uh, he has a case for number one, of course. Uh, but uh, the series against Fenerbahce, he, he kind of struggled. Uh, then in the Final Four, he played amazing, uh, but they didn't win. So uh, even though he, he played at an MVP level in the Final Four, I think the the, the first series against Fenerbahce kind of hurt him a little bit. And, and then the fact that they didn't win, uh, I just can't give him number one. So uh, I have Sasha number two. Do you agree with me?
0: Yes, sir, we do have the yeah. same number two, and I think we will have the same number one. Sasha had... um uh, incredible Final Four, 26.5 PER, averaging 24 points, 7.5 rebounds, 3.5 assists, and one block. He did struggle in the playoffs, and uh, he ended the playoffs with 15 PER, 14.6 points, 5.2 rebounds, 1.2 assists, and one steal. He had a hard time during the playoffs, and shout out to Nigel William Goss, that uh, gave him a lot of travel. The, he did a great job defending the MVP during the, the playoff series between Olympiacos and Fenerbahce. but. Well, He managed.
1: Wait, 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 wait. wait. You said Nigel Williams goes.
0: No, 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 no. That's a mix of two two players. That's clearly not. (laughs) (laughs) That was my mistake. I do apologize. Nigel Hayes, Nigel Hayes. I, I do apologize everybody for my mistake. <laughs> it will be a good combo. It will be a good combo, despite that uh, Nigel Hayes ha- had shown a much improved offensive repertoire during this season. But, but continue. <laughs> despite the, the great defensive performance of Nigel on uh, on Sasha during the, the playoffs that um, slowed him down and did disrupt his offensive flow, he managed to, to still be solid during the, the playoffs. He didn't disappear, as we saw. For example, Mike James disappeared in the final four after being the number one player for for Monaco in the in the playoffs. But um, he was absolutely incredible in the final, and uh, his uh, final performance game matching the record for points scored in the um, in the in the final game. Uh, makes him a deserving number two on this uh, on this race for for MVP. And uh, let's move to the number one. And I will give you the floor and tell everybody who is your number one.
1: The, the number one. Uh, this is kind of an easy pick. Uh, it was the MVP of the Final Four, and we agree. I think it's Walter Tavares. Uh, Absolutely. Not only, yeah not only because of what he did in the Final Four and not only because of getting the MVP award, but uh, I think especially what he did in the, in the series against Partizan because he got hurt in the first game, he missed Game 2, and then he came back for Game 3, 4, and 5, and those are the three games they won. And I think he just showed everybody the impact that he has on that team and on winning overall. He, he was great for them. He turned that series around. Uh, I think we both agree that Walter Tavares changed their season, not Yabuzeli. So Absolutely. I think he clearly deserves postseason MVP and and sealing it with the Final Four that he had and winning Final Four MVP uh, is just the, the cherry on top. He absolutely deserve it, and obviously we agree on it. And I think I don't think there's going to be a lot of people that disagree with this.
0: Yeah, Walter Tavares is a clear MVP of this postseason of the EuroLeague. His performances in Belgrade really turned that series around. He was had a massive impact, and um, he stepped up once again in the semifinals. And he was one of the main reasons why Real Madrid was able to compete with all of these teams, even if the the veterans in the end were able to to do the offensive damage. Walter Tavares was the reason why they they were in those games. He ended the final four with a 29.5 PER, uh, averaging 16.5 points, 12.5 rebounds, 1.5 assists and 2 blocks. And in the playoffs, he averaged 16.2 points, 7.5 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal and 1.8 blocks. He was the most dominant player in the floor on game that his team really needed him to be. His combined performance during the playoffs and the the Final Four made him, for me, the undisputed and for us, the undisputed post-season MVP. Very well, this was another European Hoops episode. Make sure you guys stay tuned during the off-season when we will bring you every Monday and Wednesday recaps of all 18 teams until we start our World Cup coverage in early August. Subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at ethoseroleague where we bring you any news that break about the competition, must-watch games, injury reports, and our daily trades in the end of each day of the competition, bringing you all the highlights of the action. My name is Andre and I'll be seeing you guys soon.
1: Bye guys. See you on the next episode.